אוקיי. אוקיי, רבוי סייג, גוד מורנינג. So, uh, you want to get, set that up a little bit? <laughs> One of the big, biggest soydas in Dafiyoimi, and it, it applies to today, because people with the corona and their home, and they miss a daf here, miss a daf there. So what's the biggest soyda in Dafiyoimi? Don't worry. What is it? He says, the coffee is all about the daf. You're all missing the point. It's one of the biggest, that's also your side. One of the biggest side this is that if you fall behind, don't try to make it up that day. Skip ahead, go to where everybody else is holding. And this is very important because people are going to find themselves now, especially, not going to shear, missing a daf here, missing Shabbos, missing daf tezvav, tezayin. What do you do? You skip to where everybody else is holding. So, I personally had to practice what I preached. I fell behind on the eight minute daf because we had Purim, Shushan Purim, we had the Siyam all back to back to back. So, daf hey wasn't done. But rather than trying to go crazy and, and then just do daf hey and then daf vav will be, we skipped ahead. Baruch Hashem, I recorded daf hey and that's what I'm asking the Oilam. If you find yourself falling behind, skip ahead. Write down the daf that you didn't do, and you'll make it up a different time. <coughs> is Avi, Avi Kamiansky is on, so we can wish him all a mazel tov, mazel tov. I heard it was a beautiful chasana, only 100 people on Zoom, that's all you guys had. Because Zoom didn't allow them to have more than 100. You guys remember this uh, individual? So he writes me an email, please forward to Rebelli, I'm back in New Jersey, reminiscing in lockdown. Being in the Shia with Rebelli for three weeks was like a dream. After 30 plus years of learning the daf, 30 plus years, again, 30 plus years of learning the daf, I finally found the sweet taste of learning. Wow. Can't wait till I get back to Eretz Yisrael, permanently, so I can enjoy the camaraderie of the ultimate shir, Moshe Zaret, Highland Park, New Jersey. So he came to me and he told me that after being in the shir for three weeks, he decided to make aliyah, and he wants to live in Ramah Bet Shemesh so he could come to Shir every day. So I want to point out, there was a nice Rabbeinu Hanal that we didn't have time to see yesterday. It's on the bottom of Yud Zayinam and Beis. Every Gemara is different. It's the small little words, Rabbeinu Hanal on the bottom. He says like this, You have it, Tani B'Shem Rebbe Meir. Beautiful. Kal HaKavua Be'eretz Yisrael. If a person lives permanently in Eretz Yisrael, chulim b'tahara, and he eats food b'tahara, u'medaber b'loshen ha'kodesh, and he speaks loshen ha'kodesh, b'koyre es shema b'boike u'be'erev, and he says Krishma in the morning and the evening, muftach lo'i shuhu ben o'hoi lo'am ha'ba. Interesting, Rabbi Nochanan, what, what is it doing on Daf Shabbos, on Shabbos Daf Yudches, I'm not sure, Daf Yudzayin. So that's one email. What else do we have here? This is from David Address. Now he goes by David, not David. What? Says like this. It was a very long Shabbos being cooped up. What is he asking? I don't know. Okay. It was, very, it was a very long Shabbos being cooped up and with all the shuls closed. I waited up until 12 a.m. last night and then conked out. I'm up now at 4 a.m. watching Shabbos 16. I am so jealous that I can't make the live Zoom share every day. So Rabbi Sa, you see there are people jealous of you guys. You guys could make the Zoom. He's sad that he can't make the Zoom. He lives in Queens, New York. My heart aches when I have to settle for YouTube. It was good for a while, but then you gave me the taste of almost being there. Rebbe Rebbe, is there any way you can please give another live Zoom share? At 6, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, David Address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only that. Nah, you guys, you know, somebody else could take over at 6 a.m. Meanwhile, I'm kind of busy. We'll see. Okay, fine. A lot of people were asking, maybe we can actually move the Zoom since nobody's going to work anyways. What's the point of getting up so early? I think it's great. 
start off the day at 7.15 with some Torah. And here finally, I don't know, I think I know who this person is. I'm not sure because it just came in. Somebody sent this to me, forwarded to me. Hi Ellie, how are things in your family and neighborhood? Many of the Hasidim up here in the Catskill Mountains are infected. We're Baruch Hashem okay. The daf is keeping me focused. That was the point, I guess. The daf is keeping me focused. On what? I'm not getting infected, maybe. Thank you, Cult of Jack. I think it's Jack Steinmetz. It doesn't say who it is, but that's who I think it is, because I know Jack Steinmetz and Muncie and the Catskills. All right, oh, one more, just for the heck of it. This is from Shlomo Rosenzweig. Loving your sheer, clear and entertaining, which is almost just as important to keep me hanging in there. Are you related? I knew this is going to come. Where's Jonathan? Is Jonathan on here? Here he is. Jonathan, listen to this question. You're going to love it. Are you related to Rabbi Akiva Stefanski, Zechron Levracha from Toronto? Wow. So anytime I say my name is Stefanski, and Jonathan will tell you the same thing, they immediately ask you. So let me tell you the answer. Yes, I'm related to all Stefanskis. My grandfather and Jonathan's grandfather were one of ten brothers, Stefanskis. So Baruch Hashem, so if, are you related to Dagam to Yes, I'm related to Dagam to Are you related to, to Stefanski? Yes. Are you related to Jonathan Stefanski? Yes. Are you related to the guy that does Dayim in the Yes. Uh, every single one. The, all Stefanski. So if you ever have the Shaila, the guy that wears tefillin all day, yes. And the, the Rosh Hashiva of, of Pachad Yitzchak, yes. And the, 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 the big famous Rosh Hashiva from, what's the name of that big yeshiva, the, 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 the Brachfeld, whatever, yes. All, the, all related. Baruch Hashem. So the, all the fancies are related. We were neighbors, and I was a childhood friend with a son of Sanal, Big Yishakoyach, Shlomo Rosenzweig, Toronto. Yes. All right. So, Zok de Heilig Gemara. We're holding the Yud Chesam Dalaf right after the Mishnah. <clears throat> so we learned in the Mishnah that there's an Isser only according to Bishamai to take the ingredients of the ink, which are soot and oil or whatever. You know what, Rabbi, Sh- Rabbi Schomburg, where are you? You want to give us a, a quick, uh, tell us what, what, what ink is made out of? Because you once brought that nice soot ink thing from China. Tashir, where is he? There he is. L- light him up a shtickle. You see him on top, second from top. Just like in the good old days when Rabbi Schoenberg sits right next to me and he gives us insights into all these kind of things. So Rabbi Schoenberg, go ahead. Hold on, we don't hear you yet. One second. No? Okay, go. Can't hear him. So what they did is they took suit and they scraped it up, and they put in some oil. The kids are doing some ingredients. Shake your head if I'm on the right path, Rabbi Schoenberg. Because we can't hear you. Yes, okay, fine. And they let it soak. That's what we're talking about. Now, what's the problem? The problem is lisha. Kneading. Now, typically, there's, there's, there's two ways. Let's say we're kneading dough. So you take flour, and you take water, and you pour the water on the flour, you pour the flour on the water, and then you start kneading it. When it comes to ink, it's not necessary really to start kneading it with your hands. You just pour the ingredients and you let it soak. So we'll see there's two types of kneading here. Now what we need to understand is what Bishamai says is also to do on Friday must be a malacha that the same malacha would be also to do on Shabbos. So if he says it's also to take the suit and the oil and put them in, in a bowl and let it soak over Shabbos, that's because if you did so on Shabbos, you'd be over Isser But you don't have to necessarily knead it with your hands and it's still your over Isser So who exactly is this person that says that that's Osir? Man Tana Nesinas Mayim Ludyoy Who's the Tana that says that just leaving it there as is, without needing it, let me see if I have my piece. Oh, here it is. My favorite piece that gets lost every year. Here it is. Okay. Om Yosef Rebihi. This must be Rebbe. Now, by the way, we're talking about Hilchas Lisha. And in the entire Masech Shabbos, 
The halachas of Elisha, of needing, are very, very few. Here's the sugya. There might be a little bit more later on. But it's so small, the sugya, that we're going to come in and out of it in seconds. And therefore, when it comes to the halachas of Elisha, there's not a lot of clarity. In other words, there's a lot of machloikasin, a lot of... Because the, the less gemara that you have, the harder it is for the paiskim to come up with something clear. And this is very important for us. For day to day, if you're making egg salad with oil, you're making avocado salad, lisha, kneading, that sort of thing. Says the Gemara, the Sanya, Echad ve'echad If somebody puts in flour, and then the second guy comes along and adds the second ingredient called water. Rebbe says, all you need to do is introduce the water and your chayev. In other words, I don't have to knead it with my hands. I have to knead it, I have to do something with my hands, I have to do the mixture, I have to mix it. And then I am chayev. Okay. Perhaps everybody would agree in our case that you are chayev. Why? Only over there, like Amar Rabbi Yosi, a little bit kemach in flour, the bar gibelhu. What happens if you put water on flour? It'll become a big mess. It won't. It won't be anything. It'll just. It'll bind. It'll bind together. It'll, it'll become like a, a, whatever you call it. So I need to knead it. Knead with a K. I need N E D N E E D K N E A D. Knead it. Avod yoy. What happens if I introduce the ingredients of ink? I put the soot, I put the oil, and I, I mix it up, and I don't mix it up, I put it in a bowl. It'll be fine. It'll happen by itself. Perhaps even Rabbi Yossi admits that I'm over on Lisha, I'm over on kneading without mixing it up with my hands. It says the Gemara So for now, the Gemara says, no, that's not a good. Distinction, the sanyo, echad noisen esoefer. I have a case where I don't necessarily have to knead it with my hands. What's the case? Echad noisen esoefer. A person introduces ashes. Vechad noisen esamayim. Now, ashes are so thin, I could put water on it. And I dissolve the ashes without kneading it. Ho'achar mechayev, divri rebi. Rebi yoisi, rebi yudoimer, achigabal. Even in ashes, which are very similar to ink, Rabbi Yossi says, I must knead it with my hands. So you see, he, he's consistent. You have to knead with your hands regardless of the material we're dealing with. It doesn't matter if it's something like flour that if you pour water it will become all gooey. It doesn't matter if it's something like ashes that will disintegrate by itself. Says the Gemara, wait a minute. V'dilma my afer offer. What does that mean? Maybe ashes is dirt. I'll tell you, it's very simple. In fact, it's very interesting because at 7.03 to be exact, I printed something similar to this. Here you have offer, dirt. It's spelled with an ayin and a comments, comments, offer. Here you have ashes, afer. Now people get confused between these two things. You know how I know? Because I got confused between the two things. I made this. I put the offer with the aleph on top of the dirt and I started writing. And then I like, wait a minute, how do, how do, what kind of nakudas that you put under the afer? So I go into my gemara, I go, oh, I got it mixed up myself. One is with the aleph, one is with the ayin. And remember in those days, so let's put this away. This is no good. This is the way it is. In those days, they didn't have it written down. It was all about pet. So they were saying, they were saying offer, and the guy wrote it down with the aleph instead of ayin. So they read it later on, afer. So perhaps when Rabbi Yossi says his Allah that you have to knead it with your hands, he wasn't talking about ashes that disintegrate on their own. He was talking about offer, he was talking about dirt. Now, dirt we know, mud is thick. So that you need to knead with your hands in order to be over. So, wait a minute. 
Don't tell me that maybe somebody got mixed up between Aleph and Ayin. Because we have two Bryces. One says it with an Aleph, and one says it with an Ayin. What does that prove to me? That they're discussing both cases. I can't say it was one case that was confused between Aleph and Ayin when I have two separate Bryces discussing two different things. One is Allah about ashes, and one is Allah about dirt. And Rabbi Yaisi said specifically, in ashes, that I have to use my hands, even though it disintegrates on its own, so he would say the same thing by ink. And therefore, our Mishnah goes only according to Rebbe and not according to Rabbi Yaisi. Says the Gemara, no, perhaps it goes according to Rabbi Yaisi. V'rosanyo efer, v'rosanyo ofer. So that's the Gemara's Kasha. It doesn't say it together. These two brises, you, you're right, you have a brise that says it with ayin, you have a brise that says it with aleph, but they're not together. Says Rashi, perhaps they were written by two different authors that wrote the brises, Rabbiya and Rabbishaya. So therefore, again, maybe they were discussing the same exact thing, and they were discussing dirt. Just Rabbiya wrote it with the ayin, and Rabbishaya wrote it with the aleph. Once again, all the Gemara is trying to come to is that perhaps in our Mishnah, where it's something that doesn't necessarily need hands to be involved, it will mix itself. The ink will mix itself. Perhaps even Rabbi Yaisi admits that that's an Isidur rice just to mix the ingredients without mixing it with your hands. Who told you it only goes according to Rabbi? Perhaps it goes even according to Rabbi Yaisi. Let's move on to the next sugya. Tanur Abana. We're discussing the Mishnah. What are you allowed to do Erev Shabbos going into Shabbos? And what can't you do? Where's the machlaikis? Where don't we have a machlaikis? Can you turn on your air conditioner before Shabbos and let it run on Shabbos? In those days, it wasn't as easy as we have it today. You turn on the sprinkler system and that's it. Your garden is watered. No. You have to make a trench from your house all the way to the water source. And then you open up some sort of valve, and it starts flowing. Can I do that on Friday and have the water flow throughout Shabbos? Yes. And it continues to water my field. What's the problem watering my field on Shabbos? That's a melacha of zereya, of planting. We've discussed this a number of times. In those days, they would take their clothing and they would put fragrance incense underneath. Oh, uh, yeah, you could put two of those screens and I, I could see them fine. I just can't read their, I can't read their names, but it would be cool. So I take a coal and I put incense, fragrance on the coal and there's nice fragrance that comes up into my clothing. So... I could do this Erev Shabbos, and it's going to work the entire Shabbos. Sulfur. Well, you see, here's something that hasn't been polished in a while. But in order to, you, you have it a lot of times in a nice Kiddush cup. You have the design, and in the design you have like this black, it looks kind of black, you see? It's to enhance the design of the silver, otherwise it will look bland. Everything will look one color. So they stick in on purpose, they stick in sulfur, they, make, they get it into the, into the crevices here, and then it pops. So that's the sulfur. I put sulfur underneath silver. And it will continue the process the whole Shabbos. And I could put some medicine some sort of thing in my eye to heal, for it's not a pikoch nefesh, but it, it's going to heal this polonis al gabe maka. And I could put a dressing on top of, like some sort of bandage on top of a wound. Now, in the Taisis Yishanim, I don't know if you see it over here, there's a Taisis Yishanim on the side, and this is how people get a heter. He says that you're allowed to put medicine in water people won't be chayshed you because part of the problem is what other people will think and since people think that you're drinking a nice drink so this, this is where people get this heter from right over here on the Taisis Yishanim fine Aval 
What you cannot do, Erev Shabbos, is a noisim chitim l'toicha rechayim shalmayim. Here's a rechayim shalmayim. It's not in, I guess they have some sort of valve and they make the water from here. Instead of going down here, they'll put it over here and then it spins this wheel. And this wheel inside will grind the flour. So you're not allowed to do that. What's the difference? What is the difference by me putting my wheat before Shabbos into a grinder or me putting my incense under my clothes before Shabbos? What's the difference? If they could be done, the process of grinding will be done. What's the what's the what's the halacha? Why can't you grind in Shabbos? Because you can't grind in Shabbos. One of the lamed Toichen. If I could have it done before Shabbos, I could cool off my room before Shabbos with the air conditioner. That's great. But if it's going to work on Shabbos, no. My timer. I just threw in the air conditioner. Forget the air conditioner. New concept. Today we're going to learn a lot of new things that we haven't learned yet. The sound of a noise. Now what's the problem with that? It's a bazillion for Shabbos. People hear the factory operating on Shabbos. They hear the sound. They're walking by. It's not a physical thing. You're not doing any malach on Shabbos. The machine is working on itself. But the fact that people hear, that's not proper for Shabbos. They hear Machinery working, coming out of your factory, that's a no-no. Second reason. Another concept. My utensils, my kalim, have to be at rest on Shabbos. Now, according to who exactly? We'll see. But there's a concept called Shvisas Kalim. I can't have my clean, my utensil, work over Shabbos. Desanyo. Pasuk right before that says you have, to, you have to keep Shabbos. And then the next Pasuk says and everything. What's everything? Keep Shabbos. Everything comes to include the rabbis, the concept that even my utensils, my kalim, my machines have to rest. So why do I have to come on to the concept of Hashmas kol? Noise and it's it's not so nice. It's not Shabbos dick like they would say. It's not an iser. It's not proper for Shabbos. I'm telling you, much worse. My machine cannot work on Shabbos. Shvisas kelim. Hashad Amris. Ella Omar Av Yosef, you're right. Mishum shvisas kelim. Yeah, that is the reason. Shvisas kelim. Jonathan, I apologize because since. I'm at home, so I drink in the morning before Shir. So I, I can't make a new bracha for you. I apologize. When I walk to the shul, then it's a new bracha. So that's why I'm drinking without a bracha. All right. And now that according to you say, the Gemara is saying, it comes out, the Gemara is going to go away from this. But perhaps, according to Rav Yosef, this concept of Shvisas Kalim that my utensils can't work on Shabbos goes according to everybody. There's no distinction between Bisham and Bishil. Even Bishilal will hold that they can't work on Shabbos. But then the issue will be why is it that some things I'm allowed to do on Shabbos according to Bishil? I could have my, I could put my wool, my flax into an oven, I could put my wool into dye before Shabbos and let it work over Shabbos, but I can't use. A windmill on Shabbos. Why not a watermill on Shabbos? What's the difference? Why can I put sulfur underneath my silverware? Why could I put the fragrance underneath my clothing? Says the Gemara, Think about it. What's my vessel doing? Absolutely nothing. Out of this clay comes smoke. Is this moving? No, it's not moving at all. But my watermill is in constant motion. That's a moving object. It's not static. So Mela, that's the difference. Something that doesn't move is okay. What about Unin Shalpishton? Well, the Gemara could say that's exactly the same thing. You could understand it on your own. But perhaps there's a slight difference. When I put flax in an oven, so the oven is, is helping here. It's closed. It, 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 it increases the heat. But that also, it's not moving. My sharu Yeah, an oven. Unless you have our ovens that have fans and, and microwaves that turn, 
But a typical oven, in those days, like a matzah bakery oven, you put the wood in, you put the fire in, and you close it. The oven itself is not moving. Not moving is okay. Here's the problem. What about a trap? You have a spring-loaded trap. Uh, animal comes in on Shabbos, poof, it moves. Everything is moving, there's moving parts. Now your kli is moving on Shabbos. How could, how could Basilel say in the Mishnah Mefurish that a trap is okay? Says so the Gemara, you're right. We're talking about a trap that's not movable, that doesn't move. Such as a hook for a fish. Who does all the action? The fish, the mouth of the fish moves. But the hook is standing stationary. This is a picture taken from the Masifta. We have permission. This is Kukre. So you have a basket that gets narrower and narrower. And the fish goes in. Who does all the work? The fish. Once it goes in, it can't move backwards. It gets stuck by these sharp pieces at the end. Sort of like uh, a Chinese, uh, what is it called? The Chinese uh, handcuff. The Chinese what? Yeah, Chinese handcuff. Chinese handcuff. Yeah. What what, What are you doing, Jonathan? Oh, you put two fingers, you can't get out. Yeah, Chinese. You guys guys heard what Trump said about China. He said... It's the China virus, so the so the the the, uh, the, reporter. the reporter says, "Don't you think it's racist?" He says, "No, it's it, it, it's it's from China, but but still, it's racist. You shouldn't say it." He says, "But it comes from China, China. It's not racist. It's from China. Anyways, a Chinese torture thing. So this kukre is a Chinese torture thing for the fish. It's pretty torturable. He goes in. He doesn't come out for life." So over there, the like Ovid Maisa, there's no action taken at all. And Memela, such a thing you are allowed to put before Shabbos. In other words, according to the Gemara right now, Basil would admit that if I have a, a spring-loaded trap or any type of trap that moves, there's moving parts to it, you won't be able to put it before Shabbos because your kli is moving on Shabbos and that is us, or that would be similar to a watermill. Now the Gemara goes away from it. Who is the author of this halacha that holds that your vessel can't work on Shabbos? It has to rest. It's not even basil. So now it comes out great. According to Bishamai, like we saw in the Mishnah, even if your vessel doesn't do any malacha at all, like soaking dye before Shabbos. What's the vat doing? Zero. It's just the vat. It's not moving. All the things in the Mishnah, the oven, according to Bishami, is also. Everything is also. Why? Because, according to Bishami, your vessel must rest regardless of what kind of vessel it is. It doesn't have to be a moving vessel. It could be a vessel like a, a vat, a bowl, whatever it is that doesn't move. It's also also. And according to Basil, in this case, even a moving object such as a watermill would be 100% motor. Oh, you give me chizuk, by the way. Every single person, Chaim Kornbluth is here. Every person that comes on gives me chizuk, and I'm telling you, it gives other people chizuk here. When people see, oh, Rabbi Stromberg is there and Mendy is there and all these guys that we're familiar with, all their faces are here, they get chizuk. For me, it's a tremendous thing, Rabbi Stromberg, seriously. I don't even know who installed Zoom for you. I don't know how you did it. I, I don't know. He did himself amazing. He knows how to do the dye. He knows how to do the things. He could do the Zoom. You're right. Dr. Epstein, Dr. Epstein, I know you did install it. I know Avi installed it for you, right? No, you're, you installed it. Yeah, you're a computer guy. You did all... Who? Somebody else did it, not you. Your wife. Okay, but you, all your, your, whole, your whole job, you're a doctor, you do it on, online and everything. Okay, fine. Love me, The point is, I, I'm serious. You see Rabbi Leader, you see all these people here. Everybody gives us chizuk. Every single person. When you're not here, people start saying, What's, wait a minute. I know he's not going anywhere. I know it's corona. He's not running to work. So why is he not here? Ah, he's schluffing in today. And they bring us down, Chazal Shalom. So you got to be here, you got to be with us. 
It's our chevr. Let's do it together. Zakti Gemara. People staying up from, I don't know where, from New York, all over the world. If they could do it, we all could do it. Zakti Gemara. Now, according to Beishamai, we just said it could be a bowl. And a bowl that doesn't move, you cannot introduce something air of Shabbos and let it soak over Shabbos, even though no action is being taken whatsoever, nothing's moving on Shabbos. No moving parts. Yahachi, let's turn the patient up, Yudchesam, the bays. Mugmer, Vigafritz, my time is Shabbos. So, what is the difference? Why could I put a nice fragrance in my clothing air of Shabbos and let it work throughout Shabbos? Says the Gemara, Asamanachara. You're right. If the fragrance was in a bowl, it would be usr. So uh, once again, we have to make distinctions here. Bishamay hold. Anything in a bowl, anything in any vessel is usr, usr, usr. It doesn't matter if it's fragrance, and if it's sulfur, and if it's a vat of dye. Everything in a bowl is usr. So why does he say fragrance is mother? I guess that was the derch in those days. You put it on the ground. You hang your clothing on, on the line. You know those things that the women have uh, for hanging laundry on your mirpeset. And you put a nice little coal a nice uh, hookah underneath it, and, uh, and it gets some fragrance. But it's on the ground. On the ground, the ground is not also. You can't tell the ground not to do malach on Shabbos. Here's the big problem. Gigis, ner, gdeiro, shaput. These are all things that without them, we wouldn't exist. How could you have a Shabbos without a candle? Bishami obviously hold, you're allowed to have a light. So how do I light a candle of Shabbos and have it work for me on Shabbos? Moving, not moving, you want to go into Lumbus that a candle is, is moving, it's probably not moving, I don't know. But how do they allow it? And how do I have hot food on Shabbos, according to Bishami? How do I have my pot continue to simmer over Shabbos? How do I have beer? I can never drink beer in my life. Terrible thing. How do I make a Shalom Zacher? Beer takes at least eight days to make. So it has to ferment over at least one Shabbos in a barrel. And that's also according to Beishamah. Shapur is in Yonah Deyayma. We're talking about carbon Pesach. How do I put my carbon Pesach on Friday and have it go into Shabbos? we got a problem. How do I put it on a spit? Says the Gemara, tremendous chiddush according to Beishamah. We don't pass it like Beishamah, so we don't have to come on to this. But according to Beishamah, my time is Sharu Beishamah. Yes. I got complaints. I'm not going to say from what country or from what city. You guys could guess on your own. Certain city that gives us a lot of grief. It's a certain chabura. They get together and they, they say tomatoes instead of tomatoes. I'm not going to say where it is exactly. Chaim is very familiar with that city. He might have been born there. They say, what am I talking to the Zoom people for? What do you mean what am I talking to the Zoom people for? It's our shir. The guys from the Shear are sitting here in front of me. I shouldn't talk to them. <laughs> They're just jealous over there in Manchester. I'm telling you, these guys are nuts. All right, anyways. So, so I'm not going to talk to you, but I'm going to read your kashas and, and, and mamish get them upset. How many people are on Zoom today? 75 right now. 75 of people on Zoom. We must starve together live. Unbelievable. Halavai can talk to everybody. Halavai, it should be muted and it shouldn't have that, all that noise. And when kids are singing in the background, then everybody could be participating. It's just, it's just not going to work. So that's why everybody's muted. But there's, there's a lot of noises. Too many noises. The pro- okay. But this is unbelievable. Like the guy said, like David Address said, now that he's introduced to Zoom, he doesn't know I could go back to YouTube. YouTube is a killer. We just killed the whole YouTube thing. Look what's going on on YouTube. We have like 20 views now live. How many people? We had 18 <laughs> 17 views on YouTube. Give Valdik. We don't want views on YouTube. We want views on Zoom. Zakti <coughs> Gemara. Go to Zoom, I'm telling you. But they're saying that the quality of the, the, the audio is not that great on Zoom. Oh, we fixed it? Whatever. Much better. Zakti Gemara. Man Musim. You shouldn't. Food that takes many, many hours to cook, says Rashi. Some say it takes more than 24 hours to cook. A good chant. How do you make chant with beans? Beans take many, many hours to cook. What does turmus look like? This is a turmus. 
So you have this in the Shuk. When we were learning this, I, I don't remember what Masechta, maybe Nida. To me, everything is Nida. Yeah. We have a guy in our Shir, I don't see him online, Mr. Fetter. A Poshetayir, the Geshmaka guy, he works in the local supermarket behind the counter by, uh, in, in, the, in the meat department, I believe. I've never seen him there, that's what I was told. Yeah. In the meat department. He comes every single day, 10 minutes, he put it on the screen. He comes every day. So when we were learning Tumerson, it was very sweet of him. He came the next day, the following day and he gave me a container. I guess they sell it by the pound also in Israel. I have never seen it, but he gave me a container of the Tumerson. It was beautiful. Anyways, I miss Mr. Fetter. He asked a lot of kashas during Shir. I don't know where he is. He probably doesn't have internet. I don't know. He does? He was on, he was on yeah. Zoom. Beautiful. Okay. He's probably working today. Actually, in his store, I think it was his store, that they put like 17 people into quarantine because whatever. No, no, no. no it was yeah, the other she, one. She, she. Uh, where he works in? Shefa go to Shefa, go visit him. So anyways, if a person is making beans, and it takes a long time, a woman, she shouldn't do this Erev Shabbos Mechashechus. She shouldn't put it on the plane before Shabbos. And if she was over and she did so, so this is the concept of Shabbos. If I'm over it, Isser, let's say it takes an additional 12 hours. I wanted to save 12 hours on Matzah Shabbos. I'm doing it. So now on Matzah Shabbos, I penalize you and I say you cannot use your Turmasin for 12 hours after Shabbos. However long, whatever amount of time you saved because you cooked it on Shabbos, take those hours and add it to Matzi Shabbos. Similarly, same exact halacha basically. A baker. Who boils up an entire barrel of, hot, of water? Who needs a barrel of hot water? A baker. A baker needs hot water for Matzi Shabbos. He's starting to roll out the pizza, the, the fresh rolls. He needs hot water. So what does he do? He puts it on the flame before Shabbos. That's a no-no. And whatever it takes, however long it takes to fire up a barrel of water, that's how long we punish him and say you cannot use that water for two hours or whatever it is. Now Bishamah are the one that say that even a non-moving kli, like a barrel, you cannot leave it on the fire on Shabbos. Not Beisilo. So do Beisilo hold that you're allowed to use this hot water on Shabbos? No. They'll say it's also for a different reason. So here we have the concept, the famous concept, first time in our Masechta. You might stoke the coals, you might stir the coals, you want, it to, you want to hurry it up, you want to move it along, so you'll stir the coals. Nothing to do with my kli working on Shabbos. Another problem. But we just finished saying that putting fragrance on a coal on Shabbos uh, before Shabbos and letting it work on Shabbos on my clothing is okay. What about stoking the coals? Says the Gemara, If I have a good reason why it's not going to occur, I can allow it to happen. Over there, when it comes to fragrance and it comes to sulfur on my silver, nobody's going to stoke coals. The solik You're going to make smoke. Smoke is no good for my clothing. Who wants smoky clothing? Right? You ever went on a beer chametz? You go burn your chametz, and that smoke gets into your clothing. Forget about it. You're done for yantif. Smoke is no good. Vikashilu. So if I have a reason to believe that you are not going to stoke the coals, then I have no problem of stoking coals. What about ulin shopishton, putting in flax into an oven? Nami ligzar. Perhaps over there as well, I should say that there's a problem with stoking coals. Hasam kivin dekashilu zika loy Another reason. Oxygen is not good for my flax. I open up the oven door, I ruin it all. So nobody's going to open up the oven door if he's doing the process of lightening, of making the, the flax whiter. Now, tzemer is a problem. Wool. I'm dying wool. Tzemer li yoro ligzar. What kind of excuse? Why wouldn't he try to stoke the coals? Omer Shmuel, you are right. So what's the halacha with Semer Basilil will agree that there's a problem to put wool on the oven, on the flame before Shabbos and let it go into Shabbos. Why? Not because my kli is working, but because I might come to stir up the coals. So how can Basil say in the Mishnah it's okay? Omar Shmuel Akura. 
Okay, now we have to start making distinctions. If I remove my pot from the stove and it's not on a coal, then it's okay. But wait a minute, there's another problem. Now, let's look at Rashi for a second. Rashi de Megis. How do you guys read this Rashi? Megis Mahapachba. You're not allowed to stir a pot on Shabbos. Why? Typically, if I stir a chont on Shabbos, I go like this. I'm over, I'm evangel, I'm helping it cook. But we're talking about dye. We're talking about dyeing your wool, says Rashi. What does that mean? So let's say you're not goyers the word ubimavushal. So the goyers on the side, ubimavashal. Ubimavashal have a bishal. And when you are cooking, that is cooking. So what is he doing now? He is not cooking. This is not a chant. This is dye. So what is Rashi saying? Some Rishonim want to learn in Rashi that he says, yes, this is called cooking. You're cooking dye. There's such a thing as cooking dye. Other Rishonim learn, like Taisa says, Mufurish, that we're not talking about cooking. We're talking about dying. Just like, thank you, five minutes, Jonathan. Just like there's a concept of cooking by stirring, there's also a concept, says Rashi, of dying dye, with, not dying like dye, but dyeing your clothing with a Y by stirring, fire. So now there's a problem of stirring. I didn't get away from stirring. Yes, I took it off the, the flame, but I'm going to stir it. I'm going to make it, says the Gemara, ba'akura v'tucha. Yes, there's a way out of that as well. If I seal my oven, I put my dye into the oven and I seal it. I take nice cement and I shut it and I, I shut it closed. I'm not going to go break that up and try to stir it. That's not going to happen. Now that I know this whole concept that I might stir my coals even according to the is a problem. We're talking about the sugiv shihiyo. What am I allowed to put on the flame before Shabbos? Chant, not chant. What could I do? Now that I have a, the issue of gecholim, of my coals. So now, if I take meat, uncooked meat, and I put it on the flame right before Shabbos, a minute before Shabbos, Kedera chayasa, raw meat, What's the reason? Since no one could eat this dish anyways, it's so raw. Nobody's thinking about it. He's not going to want to stir the coals because he has no need to stir the coals. Because anyways, the, he has the whole night that it's going to cook and it's going to be perfect for after shul. What's the problem? That he might come to stir it because he wants to eat it Friday night? No, it's too raw. So Friday night he's not going to stir it. And for Shabbos morning he's not going to stir it. Ah, but we just said that you're not allowed to cook beans before Shabbos because he might come to stir it. But it takes many hours. He's not going to eat it Friday night. Rashi talks about it and Rashi says, but beans are not going to be good for Shabbos morning either. They need many hours of cooking. So he will stir it because he wants to have it for Shabbos morning. When do you eat chon? Shabbos morning. The 12 hours of the nighttime are not enough for these beans. These are turmasin we're talking about. Look at the size of these things. Massive. So he might come to stir. Zogdigimar. Ubashil shapir. Ubashil. And if it's completely cooked, a cooked chon, shapir dummy. That I can leave on my flame before Shabbos. Why? He's not going to stoke the coals. There's no reason it's already cooked. If it's, so what does bushel mean? Taisa says, As we'll learn, there's a guy, Drusai, he was a, 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 a robber, he used to eat it, he was always on the go, one third cooked. Rashi seems to say that it has to be more than that, it has to be called sarkai, fine. If it's like 10% cooked, a couple minutes on the flame, that's when it becomes awesome. Now, let's say I have a pot that's bushel bushel, and I want to use it on Shabbos. There's a trick. I take a completely raw piece of meat, I chuck it into the pot, and now no one in their right mind is going to eat from this until the following morning. Shopper dummy, I'm not going to stoke the coals, I'm not going to do anything. And anything that, that the, the, the oxygen is not good for it, air is not good for it, a draft is no good. Like flax in an oven, so basically, just to make this very simple, 
We have two good reasons to allow, thank you Dr. Factor, with the mask. Yishkoyach. What are you worried? You're going to become contagious for me? Oh, he's in his office. What a tzaddik. He's learning in his medical office and he's a tzaddik for many other reasons. He's seeing patients in these trying times knowing, and he told me, Dr. Factor, he knows for a fact he's going to get corona because of these patients, but he's doing it to help Klaisro. Beautiful. Ashrecha. So, Mamela, we have two reasons why a person won't. We're not concerned that he's going to stir the coals. One is, ear, introducing ear is no good. Second, if the stove, the oven, is completely sealed shut. So, Mamela, So, you don't have to think about a goat or not a goat. The point is, anything that the ear is no good for it. So, if you have a young goat that oxygen is terrible for the meat, and usharik, and the oven. It has both reasons. Two out of two. The oven is sealed. Shabir dom, according to everybody, not a problem. I could leave it in the oven on Shabbos. The barach of sharik. I'm 0 for 2. In other words, it's an old goat. And my oven is not sealed. Or call it any other food in the world that I don't care to open up the oven for. Asr. According to everybody, it's no good. Where's the machlaikis according to this lashon? If I have one out of two, the gad sharik. We're talking about a young goat, very sensitive meat, but the oven isn't sealed. Or the barach of sharik, a sealed oven, but mature meat. Ravashi shari. Ravashi says one out of two is enough for me to say this guy is not going to mess around there. He's not going to stoke the coals. Ravashi says no. I need two reasons. I need Two safeguards here. Well, Ravashi, the Shari, what's the Pshat? It says in Soilim, you cannot roast Basar, Batsal, Ubeitza. I can't roast these three things. What does Basar mean? Any meat. Even if I have one out of the two reasons, even a young goat. I'm not going to open up the, the, the oven. Why can't I roast it? I need to have it done before Shabbos. You have to insert, when it says, it doesn't mean all the meats of the world, even sensitive meat. No, mature meat. Okay. Igadamrian is another lashon. The gadya bain sharik, bain sharik, shapir dami. If there's a young goat, in other words, over here, according to this lashon, if I have one out of the two reasons not to stir my coals, that's enough. Human beings don't need two safeguards. One is enough, says the Gemara, according to everybody. No makhlaik is in that. Shabar dami. The barchanami yushtarik. If it's, in other words, one out of two reasons, the oven is closed, but it's mature meat. Shabar dami. Nobody's going to stoke the coals. Kipligi, listen to this. The barchavalei sharik. I don't have any reasons. O for two, maybe I won't stoke the coals. The ravashi shari. Ravashi says it's not a problem. It's in the oven. I'm not going to open up the oven. And stoke coals. Well, Ravashi the Shari in Southern Basel Basel Beitza. When is it Asr? It says it's Asr. And according to Ravashi, with no reason at all, I'm allowed to have my meat in the oven. If the meat is directly on the coals, now I have to be worried about stoking coals. But if my meat is in the oven and the coals are underneath, I'm not concerned. I'll remember by the time I get to him, because most Shabbos happens, you turn on the light, oh, it's Shabbos. It's a split second. By the time I get to my oven, I open, oh, it's Shabbos, I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Omer Avino, if I have a raw gourd, a pumpkin that's raw, it takes a long time to cook, to roast. Shabbat Domi, I'm allowed to roast it before Shabbos. Keeping the kosher Zika kibisra, the gadi Domi. Since the oxygen is no good for it, it's similar to the soft meat of a young goat. Fine, so it doesn't matter what it is, if it's a goat, if it's a gourd, the point is that it's soft, I don't want to introduce any ear to it, so I won't open up my oven, and that's enough of a safeguard for me. Says the Gemara, Yeah, let's finish this. It's Corona. Ein moichrim, Two minutes. You're not allowed to sell something to a guy, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't lend something to a guy. And you, Rashi says something that you will use, like food, money, you'll use. You shouldn't even give it to him for free. 
We're concerned that people might see the guy leaving your house and they'll think that according to Bishamai, you have a messenger. You're telling this guy to do something for you. It looks like you're a messenger. Amir as long as this non-Jew can make it to the wall and a little bit past the wall to the first home, in other words, he has a place to put his stuff down, from that point on, it's his problem. He didn't put it down that everybody understands he's not doing your job, he's doing it for himself. You don't have to go wait until he gets to the, to the city limits. As long as he leaves your house, that's it. Nobody's going to be concerned. Nobody's going to say, oh, he's your messenger. In other words, Rebbe Kiva is not arguing on Basil. Rebbe Kiva is explaining Basil. He's arguing on the Tana that explained Basil. We had one shot in Basil that the guy has to walk. The Nanju walks all the way to the wall of the city. Comes Rebbe Kiva says, not true. Basil didn't say that. Basil said, he just has to walk out of the house, and that's it. Fine, let's stop over here. Have a wonderful Geshmake day. Shirem Alois, Mimamakim, Gersichadinoi. Adinoi, Shimo, Bekoli, Tienos, Nehokashuvois, Likoi, Tahanunoi. Ima benois tishmoyo adoinoi miyamoid Ki imchas lichol imanti vorei Ki visi adoinoi kifson avshi v'lidroi cholti Nafshi ladoinoi mishomrim laboiker, shomrim laboiker Yachel <laughs> <laughs>